0: All right, well, if you have heard me speak before, then you know you're going to get to know your neighbor a little bit. And so um, I know the introverts just run straight for the door. (laughs) Pastor Greg speaking today (laughs) means I'm going to have to talk to somebody. Um, But we are talking about community today. And so I just want to open up with a little bit of conversation. So I want you to talk with a partner about uh, a group that you may belong to now or maybe a group that you belong to at one time and talk about what made you feel like part of that group. What's, what's something that made you feel a part of that community or group? And then what's something that showed others that you were a part of that group? So a lot of times when you're part of a group, like people know you're part of that group, right? Because there's just things about you that, that show, hey, I'm, I'm part of this group. And then what's something... That might make you feel left out of the group. Maybe you had an experience, or you know somebody who maybe had felt that way, part of that group. Um, so it's it's story time. You're gonna share not just hypothetically, but um, share a little bit about your story and your experience. Growing up, I was uh, I was a wrestler for most of my I don't know what you call that teenage years kid years so I started in like second grade so like this was a community we had been in the trenches together and so when you just you experience that kind of like pain and misery together of wrestling practices and also the the joys of traveling and you know competing together we we had a really strong bond but then um around 10th grade um things started to get a little bit different. Like, the competition between the lower classmen and upper classmen was really rough. There And there began to be a lot of, like, um, tension between us. And I would go to practice and just, like, I mean, me and the guys of my group would almost, like, get into fights in practice. Because it just, it got so intense. And that... That sense of community just began to crumble, and at the same time, I was starting to join a new community through church, and um, you know, Jesus saved me, and that changed me. All of a sudden, I was different, so I didn't want to be a part of the the stuff that was happening within my wrestling community, and so it began to grow apart. And so, I I ended up uh, my junior year, I didn't go back out for wrestling, and just really. Focused on what God was doing in my life through ministry, and um, you know, praise God for these different seasons. And here I am today. So, you know, I'm very thankful for what God did in my life. But sometimes these communities they they come and they go, or they have seasons. But we all know that there are certain things that really just make us feel like part of the group. But then there's other times where. When, when things aren't going well or aren't happening the way they should, we feel left out. We feel like we're not part of the group. And so um, I want to kind of take that and talk about what God is doing here in our community and our experience here. So let's go to the word of the Lord. Now, a lot of times my messages are, are very simplified as far as like, We focus in, but today I got a lot to get through. So buckle up. We're going to go for a ride, and God's going to move among us today. So here we go. We are going back to Exodus. So we're in the wilderness. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. So anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And so as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, and then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Okay, imagine this. You got up today, you all look lovely, you all dressed in your, your church clothes today, came here excited, excited to encounter the Lord, and then you come, and then I come up here and I worship the Lord. And God just shows up uh, amazing in a miraculous way, speaks to me, and you guys cheer, and then go home. You guys just come and watch me encounter God. Would that be cool? No. No. I mean, is, look, is being a Christian a spectator sport? No, no. See, the presence of God was near them. It was near the camp. So this tent, Moses would set up this tent outside the camp, but near the camp. Close enough that the people could see, but they couldn't experience it. They would come out to their, the entrance to their tent and wait for God to show up. Man, did you see Moses encounter God today? That pillar of cloud today, huh? Was amazing for Moses. That's good. Man, I mean God's like, we can do better than this. And there was one person that knew that, right? Joshua. Joshua's like, it's great, you know, Moses encountering God and all, but look, I want this. Yeah. Moses would Moses would leave the tent and, and go back to the camp, and Joshua's like, I'm staying right here. Yeah. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to experience the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And look, being a Christian is not a spectator thing. But how many times, how many people are showing up? Sitting in the seats, watching everybody else worship, watching everybody else encounter God and go, man, that's good. God is good. God is good. You're, you're worshiping vicariously through everybody else. You're seeing people encounter God. And, and look, I, my faith is encouraged when I see somebody encounter God. Like, that, that is great. That is amazing. Praise God. I can celebrate somebody's testimony, but man, I want to see God work in my life, too. Yeah. I want to show up and meet with God face to face. I want to talk with the Lord face to face. I don't want to worship vicariously through somebody else. Look, this is how you end up with a golden calf. Okay, Moses was the one going. Moses was the one encountering God. Moses was the one speaking with the Lord. And what happens when Moses... Is gone. He goes up on the mountain, he's gone for a little while, and people are going, What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. Our connection with the Lord is gone. Well, let's make a golden calf. Right? When we lose connection, when we're not connecting with the Lord, we tend to go astray, don't we? We need to meet with the Lord. We're going to end up with a golden calf in our lives because we're not connecting with him. So God, he wants to be closer to his people. This tent, it was good. It worked. They were on the move. But while Moses is up on the mountain, he gives Moses instructions. He says, I want to be among my people. I don't want to just be near them. I want to be among them. So we read about it in Exodus 35. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. And so there's this whole list of things that that people can come and freely give. And then after this list, there's another list. Of people with specific talents. And so he said, Bring, bring your talent, bring your treasure, bring your time. Pastor Steve will tell you those are three things God gives us that we need to steward is our time, our talent, and our treasure. Okay? So he said, God says, bring it all. We are gonna build something to host. The presence of the Lord. And so you keep reading in verse 29. It says, so the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord had had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. So this effort is bringing God's presence from near to among. And the people responded with a resounding yes. Yes. and. Here's the thing: they had just given all their gold to make a golden calf, right? Moses made him drink it. They don't have it anymore. It's a wild, it's a wild story. It's like crazy. Uh, but so he said, "Look, bring bring all this stuff. Bring all this stuff. We're gonna build what God is calling us to, right?" God met with the leadership. He met with Moses, said, This is what I'm calling you to. This is the vision I have given you. This is what it takes to get it done. Moses, he comes back to the people and says, This is what God is calling us to. Let's do this. Who's going to do it? He didn't force the people into it, he didn't tax them into it. He didn't say, Oh, everybody's required to do this. He said, Hey, who is willing? to participate in what God is doing here. And the people said, yes. And you know, as as somebody who helps to lead a church and who is trying to, um, like, encourage people to do what God's calling us to do, I read this scripture, and I'm excited, but I also see something else in the scripture, in this story. Drama. Little bit of drama. Anybody work with people? Anybody work with people? Anybody try and motivate people? Anybody ever have an idea that you try and execute with people? All right? There's always drama, right? It's like, man, this is just something we got to deal with when we're in community. All right? So I'm going to give you some things today in dealing with community, some words to live by. All right, we're gonna look at the scripture from Romans chapter 12. It says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, enthusiastically, if we're going to work together, these are some things we need. We need a culture of honor. The church should be the poster of this, a culture of honor. But we don't live in a culture of honor. We live in a culture of criticism. We are, like, hypercritical people. And I get it. Like, I'll start with myself. I am, like, I'm one of those people, like, I love excellence. I love when things are done well. And I'm I'm going places, and it's like, or, you know, I'm at a restaurant. I'm at different things, and it's like, I'm constantly, like, evaluating things. How could this be done better? How could this be, be done better? And I do it to myself, too. How could this be done better? And it's like, man, can we just honor people for where they're at for what they're doing for who they are and what God has called them to to do can we have a culture that honors others because we're going to need this to do what God is calling us to do we're going to need to honor each other genuine love and affection right not just that hallway hug that says yep I'll be praying for you yeah. genuine love, genuine love and affection that truly cares about each other. We're going to need this. How about this? How about a good work ethic? Man, to be called lazy, that hurts, right? I know some of you, like when we read that, you're like, that's in the Bible? Don't be lazy. That's a little harsh. Could we have like seasoned that with salt a little bit? Right? Nobody wants to be called lazy. Look, God's calling us to work. God's called us to do some things. To have a good work ethic. And not just to do the work. Right? Not just to do the work, but to do it enthusiastically. Right? You guys have all worked with these two types of people. There's the person on the team who's enthusiastic. Yes, come on guys, let's let's do this. We can get this done. They show up, they got a great attitude, right? My man Dylan over here on guitar, this guy's enthusiastic. You ever talk to him? He's just like enthusiastic. He's a great guy to be around when when you're working on something. Keep some morale up. He's happy to be there, happy to do it, right? And then you got the other person who's not enthusiastic. They complain the whole time. They're constantly, oh, are we almost out of here? I got things to do. I don't know about this. Oh we're doing this.. Oh. You know, if I was in charge, this is how I would have done it. I mean, I, I mean, I've never been in charge of anything like that before, but if I was, I know how I would do it, and it's not like this. You know, it's like, you're enthusiastically, have an enthusiastically bad attitude. That's what you have, you know. It's like, so let's have a good attitude. We need to work with each other. God is doing something here. Right? It's like, let's be a part of it. Let's do it. Let's show up. Let's say yes to what God is doing, and let's work together to do it. Because I'll tell you what, you don't want to do it yourself. You don't want to be the only one here showing up, trying to do all the work. Right? We want to work together to make it happen and do what God is calling us to do. All right, here we go. We're back in the Old Testament. Here we go. Back in Exodus, we're building a tabernacle. We're going from near to among. Moses gave them materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Every day, more stuff. It's just showing up. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They set down their tools. Enough. Enough. They left their work. They went to Moses and reported the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Imagine this imagine this imagine if everyone contributed yeah. based on what they were given yeah. imagine a church that operates out of an abundance instead of a lack yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say that again imagine if a, uh, imagine a church that operated out of an abundance instead of a lack mm-hmm. imagine Pastor Emily coming up here Next week, and saying, Listen, we have too many children's ministry volunteers. We cannot take another one. You guys need to stop signing up to teach the children. It's overwhelming. Imagine that. Imagine Pastor Steve coming up and saying, Listen, we have greeters from the front door to the sanctuary door. There is too much greeting. Stop it. Imagine what a church would look like. We have a church of like over 400 people. Imagine if everybody contributed what they were given. Imagine the abundance we would have. Wow, the impact we would have. The ability to help others, and to reach this community. The impact that we would have if everybody showed up. If we didn't have any spectators, everyone showed up. We would have more than enough. And let me tell you, it takes people to do the work. One of the things about our culture right now is that we would rather spend money on things than do the work and and i'm listen that that's okay i am like that like i i work i work hard i get finances in i know how to use a wrench i know how to tinker on my car i don't have time to work on my car i would rather Pay somebody to work on my car so that I could do something else that I would rather be doing than working on my car. Right? I can do that. I can contract that out. But you cannot subcontract your calling. God has given you a calling and a purpose. You can't pay somebody else to do it. You can't go, well, I'll just give my finances to the church, and they'll pay somebody to do it, and that way I can do this other thing that I would rather be doing. Like, I can do that with my car. I cannot do that with my calling. They are not the same. God has put giftings inside of you. He's placed a calling on your life for you to step up and do Moses did not do all that work himself. He didn't come down all the mount, off the mountain and say, hey, hey, bring me all your stuff. Give me your money and your, your goods and all your, uh, you know, goat skin and all the other crazy things that they were using. And, and I'll, I'll build this. You guys can go do something else. No, Moses made room. Moses wasn't even there. He, he wasn't even there. They, the people working on it had to go find him. Moses facilitated the opportunity for others to be used. To do what God has called them to do. Right? So we cannot do this. We cannot subcontract our calling. So they build this tabernacle. They bring the presence Of God to the center of their camp. Now God goes from near to among. And the temple is built. Or the tabernacle is built. And then they want to move to a temple. So I'm going to hop in the DeLorean here. And we are going to travel through some time. Here the temple is built. Which really... The temple that was built is just a glorified tabernacle. It's it it's like a like a mirror of the tabernacle. It's just bigger and like more pretty, okay? So, 1 Kings 5 through 6, David brings the tabernacle to Jerusalem. Solomon becomes king. Hiram of Tyre sends Solomon envoys of of stuff to build it. He agrees to help build the the temple. The temple is built And it's a glorified version of the tabernacle. Uh, 2 Chronicles 36. Babylon comes, destroys the temple, conquers Jerusalem. Israelites become slaves in Babylon 70 years. Persia takes over, sends them back to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple. And so that is what's going on with the house of God's presence throughout the years. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and he says, I'm about to mix this up. All right, and he talks about this in the conversation between that Passover meal, that last supper, and Jesus being arrested. All, All my people know this is my favorite section of Scripture. It's so rich, and this is what Jesus says. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. He lives among you now. But later, he will be in you. Within you. So God's presence goes from near to among, within. And now, all of a sudden, the presence is going to be Within, right? This is a game changer, right? Because now God's presence is within us, we don't need each other, and we have our own personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I can just be by myself now, right? No, no, because now His presence is like within me, right? No, no, absolutely not. Ephesians 2 says this, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his what? House. House. Together we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So we're carefully joined together in him. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So often we're focused on this scripture about your body being a temple. Your body's a temple. Your body's a temple for the Holy Spirit. That we forget that like while we are a temple, we are part of a dwelling place for the Lord. That we are built together. We are living stones being put together and built into this house to for to house God's presence. Yeah. That requires each other. That requires coming together. That requires community. Right people are, "Oh, I, you know, I don't really need the church. Like the church is just a building." No, like we need each other. We are the dwelling place. Right. Yeah. We come together, we are being built up the scripture says that when we come together in unity we're built up into the full stature the fullness of christ begins to be revealed because you have a story and you have a story and you have a calling and you have it's like oprah you get a calling you get a calling right we all have a calling and we all have giftings and it's unique and what we bring someone else isn't going to bring for us so We're being built up into this dwelling place to house God's spirit. We're all members of God's family. Guess what comes with family? Drama. I heard it. Yes. Yes. When we are getting people together, we will find the drama. Let me give you some words to live by from Colossians chapter 3 says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Yes. So one thing I love about this is like when when we talk about being the house, being the dwelling place of the Lord, we like to talk about like talents and things we do, things we can do, things we accomplish. It's all about doing, doing, doing. And this scripture is not about doing any works. It doesn't talk about works at all. It talks about getting along. It talks about being connected as people. And we can get so like works based, works focused. Well, no, no, I'm doing good things. I'm doing doing good things. But look, are we getting along? Do we have peace in our house? Do we have harmony? Right? That's like not a word we use in church very often. It's like sounds kind of like new agey, right? Like we're in harmony, right? But like, no, like that means like everything is fitting together. Right, it's going well. Like if you if you ever stood next to me in worship, you know what it's like when things aren't in harmony. When you know things are off, it's like, you know, you can tell it's not good. But man, when things hit just right and it hit the notes and it's sweet and it's like, ooh, ooh, that was good. That was good, right? It's like, man, this this is harmony. This is ...getting along, but it's going to take some things. It's going to take making room for mistakes. Man, we expect perfection out of people. It's crazy. Like, no, no, no. And the thing is, there's like maybe 120 people in here right now. There's probably 130 different ideas of perfection. <laughs> right? Because all of you have a different way that we should do things, Right? Some of you already right now have been thinking this morning about, like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this Pastor Greg guy. I don't know about talking to my neighbor. You know, it's like we all have our own different way of doing things that we think things should be done. Right? And look, I I have to let you know something. Because I don't plan on going anywhere. I plan on being around for a while. Like, God's still working on me. God, you know pastor Tim that guy's been around a little while <laughs> yep he's my father-in-law I can uh, t- I can say that about him uh guess what he's a work in progress he's got a ways to go and like you said we all have a ways a ways to go we will do things that you know, sometimes it just misses the mark. It's not even like difference of opinion, like, look, I just, I dropped the ball, okay? It's gonna happen, but it's okay, you know why? Because you made room for that. You, you've you already known, like, listen, it's cool, because I know you're gonna mess it up. <laughs> and I've already made room for that, praise God. This is a culture of honor, and we're gonna honor each other anyways, and we're gonna grow together and celebrate together yeah. right so we're going to make room for mistakes we're going to live in peace not in in a state of criticism being hypercritical, right we're so wound up our culture is so wound up it's like man just anything can just set us off I feel like I was having a conversation with um with somebody this past week and, and uh he was kind of asking about how things are going and it's like, man, you know what? I just feel sometimes like everybody's just one offense away from just quitting, like just leaving. You know, it doesn't matter that we've we've been in the trenches for years. We've gone through some things. It's like, it's like we're all wound up so much that it's just like we we can't like work through things. It's just like, nah, no, I'd rather just cancel you, and just, you know. There's, there's another church down the road, we'll, we'll go there, and that's, that's good. And, like, I'm not, like, personally trying to call anybody out, uh, so please don't, like, read into what I'm not saying. But I'm just, I, I feel like the weight as a leader in our culture right now, that it's just, like like, we're wound up. And we expect perfection. And, like, I feel the weight of that sometimes. And that's just an honest conversation. But maybe you have felt that as well. or Maybe you have worked with people as well. And it's just, like, one little thing. Somebody just, like, and I don't want to, like, say little thing. But, like, one thing. And it's just, like, man, where did that come from? Like, we are going to have to work through stuff. We need peace in this house. We need peace. And you can't have... You can't be hypercritical and have peace. It's, they're not going to exist together. Okay? So uh, always be thankful. Right? I love that this is in there. Always be thankful. I have to do this with my kids, and God has to do it with me. Right? Like when my kids are complaining about the food that's in front of them, sometimes you have to pull it out of your back pocket and say, you know, You should just be thankful that you have food. Who said that in their life, right? Yeah, like, yeah, everybody, right? Because why? Why do we go there? Because it changes your heart. It changes your attitude. When you are thankful, you're not complaining. Right? So instead of complaining about everything, complaining about each other, how about we be thankful for each other? right, man, you know what, this, this maybe didn't go well with me, but I am thankful for what's going on over here. You know, that, thank God for that. I don't need to complain about it. I can just thank God and honor what it is and honor these people and honor what's going on, right? So if we have thankful hearts, then we will overlook offense. We will honor each other. Right? We, we made room. We can get along. Because, listen, if everybody's going to show up and everybody's going to say yes, then there's about to be a lot more people doing things around here. Yes. Right. Right. right? And so we need to figure that out. Figure out how to work with people. Figure out how to make room for people. Right? So... We need to do that. So I want to encourage you today to be a part of what God is calling you to here. Be a part of the community. I'm trying to tell you to say yes to what God is calling you to today. Let's all show up. Let's all show up to what God is calling us to. Make room for God's calling in your life. It's like... Sometimes we're so busy, we don't leave room for God, right? You cannot subcontract your calling. Make room for your calling. Some of you after today are going to pull that calling off the shelf, dust it off, right? And get back to work, and I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm saying amen to that as well. Say yes to what God is calling you to. Bring what you have and let's build a, a dwelling place for God. A place for God to show up. That the neighbors will come out to their front porches and see what, the glory of God coming from this place. And they will worship him because they will see. Right? And they will go from porch dwellers to being Joshua's that are saying, I'm not going home. I'm not leaving the tent because the glory of God is here, and I want to seek His face. Yeah. Right. So, but we gotta show up. We gotta say yes. We have to contribute, and we have to get along to do it. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to give you opportunity to respond. This is like a lot to chew on, right? And this is a big decision. The Bible says to count the cost of following Jesus. Count the cost. Of saying yes to what God is calling you to. So I'm going to pray. We're going to have a little bit of time to respond. And I want you to just, uh, however you need to like have the conversation with God. About what he's calling you to and what he's building here. So God I thank you that you choose to use us. God we, we fall short and we are broken people. But, God, you have made room for us. So, God, today we, uh, we seek you. We want to hear from you about what you're calling us to. So, God, we, we make room right now to hear from you. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.